0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Podcast Me. Anything the show for podcasts is about podcasters by, you can guess it, podcasters. I'm so excited for today's guest. I am joined by Steve Stewart. He is a podcast editor. He is also the co-founder of the Podcast Editors Academy, which is a conference and platform for those who want to be a podcast editor and want all the great resources that you would need to do that. He is also the co-founder of the largest group For podcast editors on Facebook, the Podcast Editors Club, of which I am a member and I am glad to be. There are thousands, what like six thousand now? Incredible editors in this group, people who are collaborating and helping in all with the goal of helping you as a podcaster produce your show without having to do all the hard parts. You can just talk into the microphone. And so we're going to talk about those two institutions i'm going to call them that he has created and then what you need to think about when you are looking to outsource your podcast editing work steve stewart thank you so much for jumping on podcast me anything today wow i'm part of an institution that's awesome you're not part of an institution you founded institutions you have created institutions so let's go back first of all right off the bat we all know it's mark deal's fault but how did? what is the Podcast Editors Club? Why was that founded? And if you are in
1: the business of producing podcasts, editing podcasts, why should you be in there? The club was my selfish desire to get away from all of the discussions and all the other podcast Facebook groups that said, hey, uh, I'm about to record my first interview over the internet. What should I use? And all the stuff that podcasters and mostly newbie podcasters were asking. I want to talk more about the post-production side. Nobody was really talking about The DAWs and the plugins and EQing and stuff like that. I wanted to have a group just for people like me who are the ones that we could be on the microphone, but we're really focusing on the post-production side. So I started that and I asked Mark Deal to be my first member. So he joined, and that was January 2017. It's now probably this week at the time of this recording. We're going to hit 5,700 or yeah, 5,700 members probably 6,000 by the time Halloween hits.
0: And so, right, we don't talk about microphones. We don't talk about recording platforms. This is all about what happens on the back end of producing someone's podcast. I'm curious because you've been a podcast editor for a while now. What are some things you've learned from the group? Almost 5,700 people who have jumped in and, and provided insight and asked great questions.
1: The first major realization that I got from the group. The first thing I learned, and credit to the group, is RX Isotope's RX plugins and programs. It was RX6 back then. It's RX7 now. Oh my gosh! Uh, it was Danny Osmond who made a comment one time. Who said it was? It was April of 2017. So it was only like three months in. He's like, "Why haven't I heard about this before?" Isotope RX7 is sorcery or something like that. And I was like, "Okay, if Danny's saying it's good, now I have to check it out." And from then on, it's just been a game changer. It's expensive software, but I'll tell you what, it has streamlined my workflow, made it faster, so I'm actually earning more because of it.
0: And I probably don't want to give away too much, but yes, I am a massive proponent of the RX suite and what it does to help sweeten the audio that we get from clients. Although still the best in podcast production, it's like, you know, when they say the best offense is a good defense, right? Like the best way to clean up audio is to start with good audio, so... You definitely want to start there. So Podcast Editors Club is chucking along for a little while there. And then earlier this year, when we were allowed to be together at PodFest 2020 in March, you had the first Podcast Editors Conference. Take us back there. What was
1: that all about? What was that like? Gosh, it really does seem like a long time ago. <laughs> we should be in the midst of planning the next one right now. And, oh, man, that was so much fun because, okay, that that definitely was Mark Deal's fault. He made that happen with Chris Mitsos, who's the founder of Podfest who has an annual conference every year. This is something that FinCon conference that I've been involved with for almost nine years now, has been doing forever. They would have a microcon or a side conference which they weren't organizing it was somebody else created their own little conference that would kind of be associated with the main conference, but not directly. So they would rent a room and they would have ticket sales and they would do their own promotions and they might get a little help from the major conference. So this is a deal that Chris Kramitzos took on last year and had all these microcons. We were one of the smoothest operating ones. There's a couple others I could mention too that went over really well. But I'll tell you, it's not easy uh, running a conference and uh, selling tickets. And then it was held March 6th in Orlando, the week before I think it was who announced that it was a pandemic.
0: I remember getting on the flight, coming home from that conference, and then... Basically, like that Friday after I got home was when we started to, at least for us, was when we first started to know that things were closing, the kids' daycare was
1: closing, all that different stuff, and
0: right, we were going in pandemic mode.
1: Yeah, but the conference, I mean, our conference, and I'm sure PodFest was great. It was just so much fun because I had a bunch of my friends. There was a few people I hadn't met yet. They were only online friends, but we had good 50, 60 people in there the whole time. The room was, was packed great sessions. It was all the stuff I wanted from a conference. I mean, really, the conference was really for me and it was everything I wanted. It was just turned out to be fantastic.
0: And that was the launch of the podcast editors Academy too, right?
1: Mark had an idea after that, that we would build some kind of a resource that would dive deeper than the conversations we were having in the podcast editors club on Facebook. And it is turning out to be that way. We're still building it. We're going to continue to keep building it but we took the recordings from the conference because one of the problems with having a conference in person when we used to do those is if you offered a virtual ticket it gave somebody an excuse not to go people are always looking for a reason not to go they want to go but then they're like oh it's expensive time away from work and I'm totally there I do the exact same thing but it was so hard getting ticket sales and we knew that these videos would be something people would want to have but it couldn't just be a virtual ticket it would take away from the experience of the conference and being there and the we had all kinds of things for the editors, not just at the conference, but throughout the weekend during PodFest as well. So we knew people needed to be there. We ended up having the recordings, and instead of a virtual ticket, we thought, why not create a membership site? And that's where the Podcast Editor Academy came in, because now we've got the videos there. We've got sales templates and scripts people can use for communicating with their clients. You know, we're Again, we're talking about the business side of podcasting, the the service side of podcasting. Got all kinds of. I've, I'm building something right now that it's not a big exciting thing, but I think a lot of people will use it. It's simply how much should you charge per episode based on what you want to earn in a year. It's just a you know a simple Excel spreadsheet. Well, it's not simple, but I mean that's a cool little tool that we could all search YouTube or you know try and figure it out ourselves. But it'd be nice just to have it in there for the members, along with all the other resources that we've got, including DAW webinar demonstrations got Carrie Caulfield doing one on Arc 7 today. At the time of this recording, will be out by the time people hear this. Just cool stuff. Lots of great resources. Again, this is for those of you out
0: there who maybe you are already producing podcasts for yourself. Maybe you're thinking, I love producing podcasts. I should be doing this for other folks. This is the place to turn that hobby into a business. And you've been making it a business for a while now, right? Yeah.
1: My business started as a side hustle in January, 2016 quickly blew up into a full-time job i became known in a niche of podcasters and that's how i grew it so so quickly and then of course it was the the january after that when i decided to build the club just because i wanted to hang out with other editors and nobody else was leading at that time nobody else was doing that and since i created it it just kind of exploded not even trying just did it was fantastic
0: i'm sort of in the almost the same timeline right i started doing it in 2015 is just a side gig while I was looking for full-time work and the space just blew up around us and podcasting was high in demand. More people wanted to get into it and more people didn't want to spend the time doing it. Right. It's, I always talk about podcast editing and podcast producing, right? Like, honestly, I think anybody can do it, right? It's like anybody can mow their lawn, but is it worth your time? Right. Do you have billable hours Where you could be doing something way more productive for yourself than you could be sitting there cleaning up audio. And that's where good producers and good editors come in. So, for somebody who's hearing this for the first time and you're thinking, huh, yeah, I've been doing my podcast for a while. It is an incredible time suck. And maybe I'm just not doing all that good of a job of it. They can tap into the academy, the club. They can reach out to Steve and they can basically put out a call for contract right like basically you can put out a form that says hey I'm looking to hire Here, here's what I need help me out so how does that work Steve
1: yeah it was a couple of years ago when I realized people who are looking for editors need a, a way to sift through them because if you go into a Facebook group and say hey I need an editor you're gonna get pummeled with DMS questions you won't have time for anything else but to answer all these inquiries from strangers all across the world so since I had this community I thought "Well, this is great let's just create what I call a job opportunity for podcast editors who are in my club, and if they go and I've got a little short little film uh, video that they can watch it, it kind of explains what happens but I'll I'll talk about it verbally here you basically create a Google form and you ask questions of the person you want to hire as your editor so you ask questions like you know what's your rate what's your turnaround time uh, what's your experience level how long you've been doing this stuff like that one of the questions I really like to put in there is, you know, how many episodes do you produce on an average month? That gives somebody the idea, you know, if they're doing one a month, well, I guess you'd say four, because that's one a week, four a month, they could just be doing their own. But if they say they're doing, you know, 12 a month, okay, you got somebody who's doing multiple shows, so they've got some real experience under the belt. So if somebody who creates this form gives me the link to the form. I post it for them. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows who the podcaster is, who's looking for the editor so they don't get pummeled with all the DMS and questions. The person who's a podcast editor who wants to get some side hustle work or maybe add this to their portfolio will fill out the form. And then the podcaster just goes through the submissions that have come through. They filter through the ones and they find the ones that look like the best fit interview two, three people, instead of having, you know, a hundred people raising their hand is asking if they want to be their editor. And it's a free service too. I know for, you could be
0: charging some sort of commission or affiliate, but for you, this is value to the Academy and to the club to help all those people in there that are part of the membership. What is the biggest
1: mistake you think people make
0: when trying to hire an editor or producer for the first time?
1: I think they just look at the price. Now that is a huge component for somebody who's just getting into outsourcing their baby. Their podcast is their baby. When they outsource work to somebody else, it's, you know, there's a big trust level factor in there. You've got to, consider that. But then they just base the decision, too much of it, on the price. Take a problem with the podcast editor that's submitting their, their pitch, I guess you'd say, is they're not giving a good representation of their work. Not able, they're not really able to through the form. It's not like you're having a conversation at that point. So I would say to the podcast editor, here's some advice too, is have a before and after sample of your work. And just 30 seconds before, 30 seconds of after, don't make it, here's an episode I edited, because nobody can compare that, especially if it's, you know, anything more than a few minutes. The podcaster is probably basing a lot of their decisions on just the price. They need to look at the experience level. Are they going to deliver on time? A couple questions they may not ask is, uh, you know, hey, if I find out later that my editor didn't do something I wanted, because we can't read their minds, then, you know, can I have a change request? Those are all kinds of questions the podcaster can answer.
0: What is the biggest mistake that you think folks who want to get into the podcast production
1: game, the editing business make? I think it's just like podcasting is you're not going to see success right away. It's going to take some time as an editor to grow your clientele, you know, build that book of business. I mean, for us, it seems like it happened overnight. I mean, six months I went from doing as a side hustle to it took over my life. That's rare. I totally get it. It's very unusual. And in this day and age, now that we have seen, seem to see that it's growing so far and so fast that there's a lot more competition out there. When I started in 2016, and Matthew, I bet when you were doing this early on, 2015, I bet you also thought, you know, nobody makes a full-time living at doing something like this. Who does that? Well, now we see people doing it. I've done it. You've done it. We've got lots of examples. So people are like, oh, it's a possibility, so let's go.
0: Right now I see now the problem is I see people out there making a full-time living doing it poorly. Right? Like it's gotten to the point where people think they can just open up shop and immediately start making money and not do a good job and unfortunately there's a lot of bad actors out there who are taking advantage of the space. That's how sort of like saturated we've become now.
1: Well, I think that's a benefit for the podcast club is cuz we talk about how to get better. I mean, there is some free training and stuff that happens in there. The community is very helpful, just like at podcasting. Podcasters are helpful. Podcast editors are also very helpful trying to educate other people. So if there's some bad actors out there, if they want to, you know, do a better job, it's not hard to find help.
0: Fair enough. All right. So uh, once again, podcast editors club, podcast editors academy, and anything coming up, give us the big pitch, Steve.
1: Anything coming up, the free webinars in the Podcast Editors Club. We just finished up an entire series of people who would demonstrate how they edit with their DAW. So one person used GarageBand, one person use Logic, one person use Pro Tools, blah, blah, blah. And now we've got RX-7, and I'm going to see if I can't get together a whole bunch of people who edit video for a series on video podcast editing. That would be cool. It's going to be a big project. Other than that, I mean, everything else is being consumed by the academy trying to build and create more resources for people in the podcast editor academy
0: you know i'm so glad you brought up video because right you know traditionally we do think of podcasts as being an audio only format but especially with everything going on and the fact that so many of us are home and trying to do this remotely it seems like video is becoming a bigger part of what we do and uh, i could tell you i would happy to be one of those people who talks a little bit about video as part of the the club and, and one of those demonstrations but are you
1: starting to see video creep into your workflow not me I uh, stick to just the audio editing that's it and maybe a tad bit of engineering but I won't claim myself to be an engineer the video side no show notes all that stuff I don't deal with but I do think that oh I've seen people wanting video editors for years now in the podcasting space even though it may not be for a traditional podcast I mean the video can be thrown up on YouTube and why not have a video that's a little more dynamic, a little more interesting than just two talking heads. I mean, You could simply have two cameras, your webcam and your iPhone recording at a different angle, and then alternate angles of views during this thing. It's going to be a little more engaging even if it is only talking heads. And that takes, you know, that takes editing. I will be honest, the platform that we're using, Riverside,
0: is part of the reason why I'm thinking about making video editing a big piece of it, because you get this separate Video feed, right? One from your camera, one from my camera, and then a composite. And so, with that ability to kind of switch back and forth, maybe include slides if you're talking about really in-depth content, or charts or graphs or images or whatever you want to throw in there. Like, I think it's going to really change the definition of podcasting going forward. But that's me. What's
1: your affiliate link for Riverside. Come on, tell us.
0: Uh, you know, I don't actually. I have like a referral link. I don't. It's not a, an official affiliate link, but. I'll make sure to put the link for my Riverside link with the show notes here for Steve, as well as links to the Podcast Editors Academy, the Podcast Editors Club on Facebook, as well as a link to Steve's personal business. He is a fantastic individual. And especially if you're in the personal finance space, if you've ever heard of FinCon, know what FinCon is, thought about going to FinCon, you've probably already seen him and his work. You've probably associate with some of his clients, whether you listen to their shows or maybe you've been a guest on their show or or something like that. But I mean, really, if you're in the space, Steve is a fantastic person to work with. And it is truly a pleasure to, I would say, be a colleague of yours, but also just to be a friend of yours. So thank you so much for everything that you are doing for us and for the community. I, I really do appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome, Matthew. I appreciate doing it for you. Well, we have been chatting again with Steve Stewart, co-founder of the Podcast Editors Club on Facebook, co-founder of the Podcast Editors Academy, all of which would not have happened if it weren't for the fault. Yes, we are going to use the same the term fault because I know he would appreciate it, of Mr. Mark Deal, who we'll have to have on at some point too. Steve, thank you so much for joining us here on Podcast Me Anything. Thank you.